It's time for the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast here at the Post Pittsburgh Post Gazette. It's me, it's me, your host Chris Carter here with Brian Batko on Friday, breaking things down. Steelers Ravens gonna be a big one, but Brian's been working on something about what's Kenny Pickett's doing to avoid the turnovers and how it's been a big part of what the Steelers have done. Can they keep it up though? We'll see in a minute here, right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my friend and guest, Brian Batko. Here on the Friday edition of the North Shore Drive Podcast, we're breaking things down. Steelers-Ravens week, always big, as always. On this show is brought to you by the Acresure Fan Advantage, the power object, one of our post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office. Using augmented reality, you can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash Acresure Fan Advantage. No apps or downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash Acresure Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Brian, you were in the locker room. When I, b- I believe, I don't mean to put words, when, when Kenny Pickett was talking about his connection with Matt Canada, right? Yes, yes. When you were there, there was, I, I, could you hear the entire city of Pittsburgh screaming, no, Kenny, don't say anything good about Matt? No, I mean, it's, it's not just lip service. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily something that means Canada is tied to the hip with with Pickett I think it's as simple as you know this game's about relationships he did recruit him when he was at Pitt not only that Chris I mean that's something that everybody knows I observed personally firsthand back at Kenny's pro day in March before he was even drafted by the Steelers he and or his family spent a decent amount of time with with Matt Canada there at the Steelers uh, in pit indoor practice facility. So at that point, you know, maybe they're both kind of feeling each other out. Maybe they're really just catching up. You know, there was a whole lot of stuff that still had to happen before he went to the Steelers at number 20, but uh, they were clearly reacquainting themselves with somebody that they knew well, that they believed in from a player slash coach standpoint. And yeah, I don't know what you expect them to say at this point about the guy that he works closely with on a weekly basis. So Um, You know, I wasn't surprised to hear Kenny say that. I also think that, you know, I think a lot of times when you would argue for an an offensive coordinator to stay somewhere for stability with a rookie quarterback, I I don't know that Kenny Pickett is that type of player. I think the volume of offense and defense that he has studied to this point in his career, everybody knows five years at Pitt, uh, it was a revolving door at times of coordinators. He's not the type of guy that I think you're going to screw up his progress or his trajectory if you were to make a change at some point down the line like I just don't think that's a concern with with somebody like Kenny Pickett who has this much experience already under his belt the way that it would be if you were breaking in somebody who um, was not a longtime starter in college or had not played in a pro system something along those lines now I've been a staunch defender of saying do not do that in the middle of the season but I've also been very yeah Right, like not in the middle of a rookie season, you don't do that to him. But at the end of the season, if you think you got a better guy waiting somewhere, go get him. I, I think it's all for that. But I think it's just interesting that uh, that Kenny Pickett 
was uh you know did have some positive things to say there but you have a piece that you've been working on for the post gazette that is uh that is that that goes into his uh his ability to how he's improved in not turning the ball over what are some of the things that you've seen him do right as far as protecting the football and keeping drives alive for the Steelers yeah I think with with Kenny I mean it's not perfect you know they're on a two-game win streak but they they still haven't been scoring a ton of points and we we know that the the point total against the Bengals a few weeks ago is a little bit inflated by that final drive so I still think that you know, he's leaving some throws out there. He's not always picking the right spots to be aggressive, but that's kind of this team's MO this season. I mean, they, they want, whether it was Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, you know, they wanted to play more of a ball control style of offense, let the defense do its thing and get out of games, whether they win by one or by 21. So I, I don't necessarily know how much of that is his own struggles versus he is walking the company line here with what the philosophy is for the 2022 Steelers. So that's where I think what you're seeing from him that's encouraging is the growth in the decision-making. You know, those first few games uh, where he was throwing throwing a lot of picks and he was making some bad decisions, you know, that to me was, I was like, this is not the Kenny Pickett that I, I thought we were going to get. So right. I, I was surprised by that at the time. And now I'm not so surprised that he's ironing out some of those deficiencies. Knock on wood, of course. You know, maybe I just jinxed them into four picks this week against a, a Ravens <laughs> defense that has eleven of them on the season. So they, yeah. they are ball hawks in Baltimore, just what you would expect from John Harbaugh's crew. But um, you know, it's just a lot of film study behind the scenes, mm-hmm. kind of crunching tape, communicating with the coaching staff that that Kenny's putting in right now. And you know, I none of that's out of uh, the ordinary, I guess, for for an NFL quarterback and especially a young one. But the thing that it tells me about Kenny Pickett, why the progress here, even against the incremental progress against some lesser defenses, let's be honest, it's encouraging because if Kenny Pickett doesn't succeed in the NFL, it's not going to be because he didn't put the time in or didn't understand the playbook or he he can't, um, you know, go through his progressions against NFL defenses. It's it's going to be a physical thing for him, I think, if he doesn't succeed at this level. So uh, you're, you're seeing all that you want to as far as the off-the-field stuff. And I, I think so far through this little run of four games with no interceptions, you are seeing it translate to on the field, which obviously is the only thing that matters. No, I feel you on that. And like you're seeing that on field. I think it's something that resonates with what you said that I've always felt about Kenny Pickett. You're not going to see this guy not study or not work right. hard when, when the cameras are off. That's who he is. He's about preparation. And that's why I think that's a big reason why the Steelers wanted him. They wanted a guy who'd come to every game preparing as if it's his it's it's, it's about to be his best game ever, or like he needs to make it his best game ever. Um, even when it's not. I I think that that's that's where Kenny Pickett has always been a guy. That's what he's done at Pitt. He comes, he comes prepared. Whether he just had a great week or a terrible week the week before, he's 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 coming in steady. I think that's a big part of it. And like you said, this is a Ravens secondary that's really going to test him. Marlon Humphrey uh, is playing a lot better this year than he was last year, and I think that's going to be a serious uh, a serious challenge that they face uh, this year that, they, that they're going to have to get over the hump on. And um, you know, but I, I will, I'll be interested to see how how well you know if Deontay Johnson he sat out. On Thursday's practice, we'll see if he practices on Friday. But 
Um, you know, does is he able to play? Because if they do, if Marlon Humphrey goes on Deontay Johnson, that means George Pickens probably gets matched up with Marcus Peters, who's given up five touchdowns this year, uh, which is fifth most in the NFL among cornerbacks. This might be a chance for Kenny Pickett to take some shots, but like you said, they, they still got they still got safeties like Chuck Clark. Kyle Hamilton has played well for them this year. I'm gonna be very intrigued by how he attacks this Ravens secondary. And Marcus Williams has three picks for the Ravens. You know, they went out and got him this offseason so yeah it's it's a defense that is going to throw a lot at at Kenny Pickett you know I tweeted this stat out Thursday John Harbaugh is 19 and 6 as the Ravens head coach against rookie quarterbacks <laughs> fun fact one of the people that beat him as a rookie was actually Mitch Trubisky so um, not necessarily advocating for uh, Trubisky <laughs> to, to get a celeb shot in this one but that's not a coincidental stat and you know I think Mike I would have to look it up but Mike Tomlin has a similarly gaudy record against rookies, I believe. I mean, that's usually a sign of good defensive coaching. You know, you're, you're going to do kind of exactly what it takes to catch a rookie off guard. We know the, the Ravens are known for a lot of exotic looks, disguises on the back end. You know, they, they haven't been blitzing, I don't think, as much this year. But Kenny Pickett's been good against the blitz. So, um, you know, that's it's the chess match within the game, right? He has seen... More defenses, uh, obviously, than he had seen at the college level. But it's still, what, eight games of exposure to yeah. NFL uh, secondaries and, and coverage schemes. So he's still somewhat in his infancy as far as that goes. And, you know, we, we know the Ravens are going to cook up, um, you know, their their recipe for, uh, you know, trying to throw off these rookies who are, are still working through the progressions, you know, they beat Joe Burrow when when he was a rookie. They've mm-hmm. had success against a lot of guys over the years under John Harbaugh. So uh, now you add on to it, kind of what we were talking about earlier. If if you're Pickett, do you do you just simply throw away from Marlon Humphrey? Well, what if he's on the right side and George Pickens is on the right side? Do you feel like you need to funnel the ball to fourteen? Um, you know, you don't really have many other weapons beyond your top two receivers and Pat Fryermuth in the passing game. So. Uh, and you want to you want to run the ball at Steelers Ravens. It's going to be played in a phone booth to some degree, right? So yeah, uh, that's that's what's going to be uh, you know curious to watch. I think it's going to be a slugfest, but that could play into Kenny Pickett's hands right now. The way he's been taking care of the ball. We're going to talk about that phone booth because the Steelers need to keep the Ravens in a phone booth with no Lamar Jackson playing most likely in this game. So how they do that against a rushing offense that ranks even higher than the Atlanta Falcons, who started to give the Steelers problems in the second half of that game last week. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa can help you feel like it is. Relax and soak in a hot tub or swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Refresh and rejuvenate in a thin layer of sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. Save big big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas at valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. 
We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. We are of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and it's time to talk some Steelers defense. Brian, the Steelers defense was able to kind of recover and stay alive in that, in that second half. They needed a, a, a holding call that Malik Reed was able to draw on what would have been a touchdown if the call wasn't made. Um, and it was a legit call, but still they were getting put bullied in this in the in the fourth quarter by the by the Falcons rushing offense. Even though Lamar Jackson is not here, the Ravens over time, even when the Ravens have been like a bad team and the Steelers have been a good team, they found ways to stretch the Steelers out and run the football. And I can't help but think that danger is still lurking there for the Steelers with this defense, with the way that they looked late in, in last week's game. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the the one saving grace here is I do think that. Cordero Patterson is probably a more talented mm, ball carrier than anybody the Ravens have right now in their backfield. You know, with Lamar out, um, you know, Gus Edwards, uh, he's played well against the Steelers. He's, though. he's I mean, tough. Yeah, he had 100, uh, I think 130 yards against them in that 2019 regular season finale in the rain. Granted, that was a Steelers team that um, you know, they, they were beleaguered by the end of that season. Of course, they had a, mm. a hopeless offense with Duck Hodges leading the way that day in rainy Baltimore. But, um, you know, even the next time they, they played each other, I think Gus Edwards had like 87 yards and a touchdown or something. So something about his physical running style. Uh, he's, he's broken too many tackles to the Steelers' liking uh, in, in recent years against them. Kenyon Drake, I don't know if he still has much in the tank. It's I believe J.K. Dobbins is still going to be on IR for this one. So um, that's where I, I get a little bit, you know, none of these guys are, are Cordero Patterson. You saw how slippery he was on that touchdown run that came mm-hmm. back. Um, and it's just, we've been talking about this all year on this show, Chris. Like the margin of error for the Steelers and for about 28 other teams right now in the NFL is slim week in and yeah. week out. You know, you've got like five or six good teams at the top. You've got five or six doormats at the bottom and everybody else in the middle if Arthur Millette gets called for DPI, we're sitting here. We're not talking about a Steelers team on a win streak, maybe. You know, we yeah. could be talking about a pretty bad season-ending loss in Atlanta. So um, that's that's just where, you know, it's going to come down to the playmaking. Mike Tomlin said it Tuesday. Hallmark of December football, I think, is more than anything, who makes the plays that, that turns these tight games. For the Steelers, There's there's been a lot of that over the years. A missed tackle here is what leads to a 50-yard run, and, and you're done. But, you know, mm-hmm. you wrap somebody up here, you keep them at bay. Uh, now you don't get that game-changing score against you. So uh, that's that's what it's going to come down to in, in this one. You know, tackling is going to be key. Tyler Huntley, uh, you know, struggled throwing the ball against the Steelers last year, but rushed for 72 yards on 12 carries. So uh, you can't let him extend plays and, and kind of get you out of what you want to do. So uh, big game, I, I think, more so for the front seven then the secondary in this one. And, uh, you know, I guess you can throw whoever's playing slot corner into that seven. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a game that I think is you know, knockdown, drag out, which, again, should be a boost for a Steelers defense that, uh, aside from the occasional laps here and there, has been playing pretty well uh, since that Bengals loss. Yeah, I think that they, they need to kind of keep it up. I just – I look at what they've been able to do when they've done things right, when they've been able to – I think one thing that they've been able to get – is their interior guys have been healthy and they've been able to kind of keep the linebackers clean. Yeah, Larry Ogunjobi might have been his best game yet as a Steeler in Atlanta. You know, he looked powerful, was throwing Mm -hmm. people around. He hasn't practiced yet this week because of a toe injury, but 
maybe just managing him. And I'm also, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little concerned about, you know, TJ Watt downgraded from limited to out of practice entirely on Thursday with those ribs that are giving him trouble. Let's, you know, let's see what happens on Friday. But obviously, if he doesn't go, that's a problem. That's it. That is a problem. And I mean, I, I'd even say that that's as big of a, of, a, of a problem for the Steelers as Lamar Jackson not being out is for the Ravens. But maybe not as much because TJ hasn't been at his best. And I wanted to get your opinion on this, Brian. There were some run plays against the Colts and the Falcons where he wasn't getting double teamed. He was just losing. And I was like, man, he looks very limited. It looks like he's still dealing with injuries. If it's if it is indeed his ribs, as the Steelers have detailed, um, you know, it, it it goes. It makes you wonder: should they kind of just shut it down for him to protect him long term? Um, because they need him. Like, whereas granted, he'd be huge, and even his presence at sixty percent on the field would be a boost for the Steelers. But at some point, you got you do wonder: are you jeopardizing him long term? Do you sense that approach is anywhere around the Steelers right now? Not really. I mean, maybe you're seeing it to some degree in practice where normally TJ is a guy who, um, you know, he wants to go all out at all times, but they have been kind of resting him a little bit more throughout the week. Um, you know, maybe Lyle, maybe Lyle Collins was onto something, the Bengals <laughs> tackle who, you know, pretty much talked his talk after that game and said that TJ was whining to the refs more than he was, uh, you know, winning one-on-ones against him on the edge, but we know he was coming back from injury, uh, you know, in that one, he um, got banged up, I think on the final or second to last play in Indy on Monday night. So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot going on with him right now. It hasn't been encouraging the production or lack thereof, but I think it'd be a hard sell for him to, to really pull back the reins when you are creeping however hopelessly into the playoff picture I just can't imagine he would go for that especially since and you know this shouldn't be a factor in someone's long-term health but they're not getting a whole lot out of the number three I mean Malik Reed to me yeah has been a disappointment you know in that since that trade on cut down day he didn't give up hardly anything to get him but you know they, they keep kind of chasing this third pass rusher that they had early on last season with Melvin Ingram and you're just not getting uh, a huge, you know, you're, you're getting a pretty big drop off. It feels like when he gets in there. So maybe DeMarvin Leal can continue working his way back to full health into the rotation. But for right now, I almost think a, a struggling TJ Watt, uh, there's a better chance that he's going to break out than, than anybody else behind him. I kind of feel that way, and it kind of reinforces the idea that they might need to reinvest into that position this offseason, whether in the draft or free agency. It's time to get to the picks, though. We'll do that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers, listen up. If you're a Steelers fan, you want to support them in their push to try to make the, the back end of the playoffs here, you can show your support by going and getting some black and gold gear from Yinzes in the Berg. Where, you could, where can you find Yinzes in the Berg? It, they got two shops in the Strip District that you can go to at any point in time, and their merchandise is ridiculous. They got Steelers, Pirates, Penguin, Pitt, anything Pittsburgh sports, they've got it. So go check out Yinzers in the Berg right now to get all of your Pittsburgh sports apparel. If you can't go to the Strip District, you can go online to yinzerspgh.com where they have a growing uh, a growing list of merchandise that's that's, that's growing every single day so get more gear at yinzerspgh.com again that's yinzerspgh.com for yinzers in the berg the ultimate place for all your pittsburgh sports apparel
Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Brian Batko. Brian, Steelers-Ravens matchup here. What's the biggest thing the Steelers have to achieve in this game to get the win? I think it is providing support for Kenny Pickett on both sides of the ball. I mean, I think on paper, the Ravens have the edge in a lot of spots right now. Maybe not quarterback with Tyler Huntley in there, but still he's more experienced at the NFL level uh, than, than Kenny Pickett is. And, you know, he's a guy who did, did pull out a win Sunday against Denver. Um, so when I say support Pickett, I mean, I think the offense needs to continue doing what it's been doing lately, running the ball well, keeping it out of harm's way in terms of, you know, you're not backed up with third and 12, third and 14, where Kenny has to decide, okay, do I just dump this down and punt or do I try to take a shot here and, and maybe risk that turnover that can change the momentum of this? So, um, you know, stay ahead of schedule with him and don't let Tyler Huntley stay in rhythm and ahead of schedule. You know what I mean? So I think if you if you force Huntley to be the guy who has to uh, drop back and pick you apart, well, now you can be the opportunistic defense in this one rather than that flipping on its head and, and having Kenny Pickett in a tough spot at home against a really good defense. I feel you on that. And I think one thing, the one thing that they should feel comfortable doing this game, especially because the Ravens don't have the receivers, load up the box. Put put yeah. the investment. Who's going to hurt, in. hurt you other than Mark Andrews? Exactly. And you could put a big body on him. You could have Miles Jack bump him off the line and Terrell Edmonds run with him down the field. But let your corners live on islands. You know what? Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, whoever's outside, Fikella Witherspoon, who, who cares? Whoever's out there, just – don't let the don't get beat here because you got a guy you got a quarterback that's the backup you got receivers that are not that that, that are not that dynamic and then let Mika Fitzpatrick lurk and do what he does to figure out when it is but if you force the Ravens to so many third and longs you're going to get more and more opportunities for your defense to be aggressive but to get there I do agree with you Steelers offense has to show up they have to take what's there and they have to give the Steelers a lead to defend if they allow this to be a game where the Ravens have a slim lead or the Steelers are only up a field goal and we're going into the fourth quarter I think you're playing right into the Ravens hands of maybe their run game breaking out and then kind of taking over the game the way we saw the Patriots do early in the season the way we were starting to see the Falcons do just last week so all those things are on the table for me for the big concerns but I do think the Steelers are in a position where they can kind of force these things to happen. Brian, give me your final score and the who, who wins and what do you think plays? What do you think? How do you think the where do you think the big turning point comes in this game? Well, yeah, and the other thing too we haven't mentioned that probably always should get a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of action when you talk Steelers Ravens. Justin Tucker, you know, you know he's not going to miss any big kicks. With no, the, he's not with the game in the balance. I mean, he's. Uh, he's good everywhere, but he's really good here in Pittsburgh, surprisingly. I mean, it's one of the toughest places to kick in the league, but not for him. He's broken Steelers fans' hearts many a times here at Acrisure Stadium. So, um, you know, decided edge for the Ravens whenever they play against anybody, and it's a three-point, six-point, razor-thin game. They've always got that guy on their side. Almost won it a couple weeks ago against the Jaguars. When all else failed them, the defense – let Trevor Lawrence go down the field. Still, Justin Tucker almost saved the day. So uh, it's basically once they get past midfield, uh, they're going to get three out of it. So yep. um, with that in mind, uh, I do think that the Huntley factor really has me thinking Steelers in this game. Lamar just gives you such a higher ceiling. The Steelers defense has been done in by the elite quarterbacks for the most part yeah. this year. I mean, 
other than Zach Wilson and, and Mac Jones. That was early on in the season when they were going through some things after TJ Watts injury. Since then, they've been a lot more buttoned up, of course, except when it comes to playing against guys like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Tyler Huntley ain't those guys. I'm going to say Kenny Pickett uh, continues to protect the ball. Maybe his streak ends, but does just enough for the offense to squeeze one out here. I'll go Steelers 20, Ravens 15. Heck of a lot of field goals again, just like it was against the Falcons. I think that's really interesting. I got 23-16 Steelers, but I'm like you. I think that Tyler Huntley plays a big factor into this. Um, the Steelers needed to win one of these Ravens games if they wanted to hope to either get a winning record and or get to the playoffs. And I think that they at least get this win because of the situation the Ravens are. The Ravens also just aren't playing good football. On top of them, even when Lamar Jackson was healthy, they, they 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 lost the Jaguars. They almost lost to the Broncos last week. They've got to find way that's a way to turn it around. I don't think they do so on the road this week, but that might be different when these two teams meet up later this season in Baltimore. But there you have it. Both Brian and I picked the Pittsburgh Steelers to win here in the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll also both be there at Acrisure Stadium, 1 p.m. this Sunday. It's going to be a fun time. Steelers fans, Stay tuned. We're going to have also all the post-game shows. You can catch the post-game reaction with Paul Zeiss and Adam Bittner right here on the Post-Gazette's podcast platform, either on all our listening platforms or on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of the daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as well as the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive podcast from Chris Carter and Brian Batko. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.